So we started a series last Sunday called This Is Us and we are working through our vision and values as a church, just giving you opportunity to get to know us a little bit better. Um, And that's the purpose for us going through this. So last Sunday we began with just our very simple vision statement to love God and love people. It is not uh, breaking ground, but it is important. It is of the utmost value. It's what Jesus said was the greatest commandment and the second greatest commandment, to love him and to love our neighbor. And so if you missed that and you want to unpack that a little bit, it's available on the podcast. You can play catch up uh, with that. But we're going to be spending the next few weeks unpacking the five core values of this church that sit underneath that vision statement. So the core values, just to run through them, are pursuing the heart of God helping people find their God-given purpose, bringing hope to the community, restoring the brokenhearted, and creating a culture of generosity. So those are our five core values as a church. This is us. This is who we are. Um, And we're going to spend the next few weeks going through those. But this morning, we're going to look at that first core value, pursuing the heart of God. Why don't we just pray before we get into this? So Father God, we just thank you for this incredible time of worship we've had where we have just fixed our eyes on you. You deserve all the honour, glory and praise and so it is our privilege to bring that to you this morning as one body united with that common goal of praising our God, of being in your presence, of dwelling in your house together. And so I pray that as I bring this message this morning, that you will uh, just impart something to each and every one of us today, that we will go away with uh, just fresh revelation of who you are and of who you're calling us to be in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So many of you will know the, uh, the core verse that kind of sits underneath this value. It's taken from Matthew 6, 33, and it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first, above everything else, before you do anything, seek first the kingdom of God. And then to kind of unpack that a little bit more in Psalm 105, it not only encourages us to seek the Lord, but to seek his presence continually. To seek his presence continually. So there's a real sense here of intentionality. We've got to be putting some work into this value. It's not just something that we hear and we understand, but we actually have to do something about it. We have to intentionally pursue God's heart to seek him, to seek his presence. And you know, the Bible promises that if we seek him, we will find him. Not we might find him, but we will find him when we seek him. And so if we seek God, if we seek to know him in a real and a personal way, then we'll get to know him. We'll get to know his heart as he begins to reveal more and more of himself to us. And you know, when you commit to seek God's will ahead of your own, and that's what that that verse means when it says to seek first God's kingdom, it means that you put in him first above your own plans, above your own uh, uh, strategies, above anything that you might have that you want to do. We're seeking his kingdom first. We're seeking his glory first. And so when we choose to seek his will ahead of our own will, he then reveals his will and his purpose for our lives. 
So when we choose to prioritize this, when we choose to intentionally pursue the heart of God, value one, then we'll find that he helps us recognize our God-given purpose, value two, that we'll come to next week. So there is a natural flow here through our values. They're not just things that we picked at random because we thought they sounded good or catchy or would grab your attention. They're interconnected. You can't have one without the other. As you push into God's presence, he reveals your identity. And as he reveals your identity, he gives you a heart for the lost, for the broken, for your community. As you pursue his heart, you begin to recognize in the person of Jesus that through his life and through his ministry, he lived this this life of generosity, of extravagant giving, ultimately ending in his extravagant, generous sacrifice of his own life for us. And so these aren't just random, but these are a beautiful picture of who God is calling us, Hope Church Lytham, to be. And there's something in this promise that if we seek God, we'll find him. But that verse doesn't just say that. It's taken from Jeremiah 29:13, and it says, If you seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. With all of your heart. You can't just dip your toe into this and see how it feels. This is not just something that you can try out. This is not something where you can just paddle a little bit pursuing God's heart. If you want to know his heart, if you want to know his character, if you want to know the person of Jesus Christ, then we need to dare to take a running jump into his presence. We need to just full on cannonball into God's character so that we can know him more, so that we can understand him, so that we can get this revelation of our creator God and out of that will come all of the stuff we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. And so this value, it comes first in our list because it's foundational, because it sets the tone, it sets the the kind of rhythm, if you like, for what is to follow, for the other values. Okay, so what does it look like to pursue the heart of God. Well, this morning, I'm just going to highlight three R's to help it to stick in our brains. Sometimes when you go with alliteration, it just it catches a little bit. So we're going to go with three R's this morning. There was probably a myriad of ways we could have looked at this, but that's what we're going to do. And the first R is this. It's relationship. It's relationship. The kind of core of this, this value of pursuing the heart of God, it all boils down to relationship. It boils down to relationship with our Heavenly Father, with our Creator, with the source of all of our strength and our peace and our hope. It boils down to relationship with Him. And so pursuing the heart of God, it means that everything that we do, everything that we do comes from an increasingly intimate relationship with Him. We can't just stay in a relationship with God like the relationship that we first get when we first hear about him, when we first know him. It has to get increasingly intimate. It has to go continually deeper because we will never, this side of glory, fully know God. There is always more to discover. There is always more to understand. You know, God's intention from the very beginning of time 
was to have relationship with us. He longs for relationship with his children. That gives him joy. That gives him pleasure. It gives him delight to be in relationship with you and with me. Genesis describes of how Adam and Eve, they heard God walking in the garden. And you know, the way I read that scripture, and this is just me, so take this how you will, but I read it like this isn't just a rare occurrence. This isn't just something that's happening in that one instance that it's mentioned in Genesis. But actually, I believe that this is something that he did regularly. That he would regularly be found walking in the garden, delighting in his creation and looking to spend time in the presence of his people. Before sin entered this world, God literally hung out with us. He literally was on the earth hanging out with his creation. I just, it just blows my mind. It's just, it must have been so cool for Adam and Eve to literally just be able to walk in the garden with God, to have a meal with him, to sit down with him and just, I don't know, set a campfire going and and tell stories. You know, it's just, wow, it's just amazing, isn't it? So how do you build relationship with someone? We're talking about relationship. How do you get deeper in a relationship with someone? Because, you know, you can meet someone for the first time and you'll know their name maybe, but that's not enough, is it? That's not a relationship. That's just an acquaintance. How do you build relationship? You've got to spend time with them. You've got to spend time with them. You've got to do life with them. You've got to get to a place where you can share your joys and and share your worries with them. That's how you build relationship. You know, Ruth and I, we've been married now for 15 years, 16 years in December. But our relationship didn't just happen. We didn't just fall into a place where we do life together for that amount of time. It took effort. It's taken commitment It's required a level of intimacy that encourages us to share with one another on our heart level. Not just surface level stuff, but getting deep with one another where we can open ourselves up. Where we can get vulnerable enough to to trust one another with our fears, with our anxieties, with our worries. That we can want to share our joys with each other. You know, that that when we experience something, when we get some good news, that the first person I want to tell is Ruth. And that comes from spending time together of of just opening one another up to each other so that we can create and, and delve deeper into relationship. It takes time. And another important factor when it comes to building relationship is listening. Listening. It's a huge part of building relationship. Do you know some people love to talk? You might think that I love to talk because I stand up here and spiel at you for 40 minutes on a Sunday, but some people just love to talk. But you can't build relationship with someone if all you do is talk at them. You've got to spend time listening to what they have to say. You've got to spend time listening. So why don't just for a minute, just take a moment and think about someone you consider to be a close friend. Just get someone in your mind just for a minute. Not family, that doesn't count. A close friend. 
And then ask yourself the question, do I really know that person? And I'm not just talking surface level stuff. You might know their name, their date of birth, their career, some of their family information. That is not what I'm talking about. Just ask yourself, do I know their passions? Do I know what brings them joy? Do I know maybe any recent struggles that they are going through? Or do I know any recent successes that they have had? Because if you're thinking of someone and then asking those questions, and the answer to those questions is, hmm, I'm not quite sure, then I would suggest the next time you meet that person, you need to be spending more time listening and less time talking. You know, ask them a question and then let them speak. Don't jump in with a story of your own that's related or something. Yeah, active listening is good, but sometimes it goes beyond that to just talking about yourself. Shut up for a minute and just listen to what they've got to say because that's how we build relationship. You know, we talk about the fact that we've got two ears and one mouth. That just demonstrates the importance of listening over speaking. If you want to build relationship with someone, you've got to spend time in their presence and you've got to listen to them. And so we've got to be intentional about spending time with God. But we've also got to be intentional about listening to him. Because we can never truly know his heart if we don't listen to what he's sharing with us. You know, you read the Gospels and you read the Jesus story and you'll find that he regularly pulled himself away. He withdrew to a quiet place, to the wilderness, to a desolate place. It describes these different things in various ways. But he would pull himself away from the busyness of the world with the sole purpose of being alone with his father and listening to what he had to say. And so if that's what Jesus did, then that is absolutely what we should be doing. He exampled for us a rhythm and a routine of life that prioritized regular time in God's presence. Not just speaking to God. We are good at speaking to him, aren't we? Let me get down in my quiet time and I'm just going to reel off all of the things, God, that I want you to do for me. Here's my list. Amen. See you later. But Jesus exampled for us this rhythm of life where he would spend time in God's presence listening to what he had to say, hearing from God. You know, we as a church, we recognize that each and every one of us is on an individual journey. We're all on this journey of faith, whether you completely deny the existence of God or whether you've been walking with him for 20, 30, 40 years. We're all on a journey of faith. And so we recognize that and we recognize that we're all at different stages on that journey. And so what we as a church want to do to help you with this value of this house is to provide opportunities for each one of us to grow in our relationship, to pursue the heart of God at the stage that we are at. And so Leslie's shared what courses we're about to start running. And so if you're at the stage where you don't even believe God exists, 
Or maybe you think there might be a God, but you're not quite sure. Or maybe you, you, you know there's a God, but you, you don't really understand what it looks like to, to be a Christian. Well, that's what Alpha's for. It's a safe space where we can come without judgment to ask questions, to hear stories, and to learn more about what it means to be a Christian. But if you've been walking with God for a while and what you want is to go a little bit deeper, to understand the theology of what it looks like to be a Christian, to maybe dig into the heart of God on a deeper level, well, that's what the other life groups are for, where we're providing space for for you to understand the application of, of the Old Testament teaching of the Ten Commandments in today's world. That's going a little bit deeper. Or maybe you're in a place where you're struggling with with something and you want to find freedom from that. And that's what the Freedom in Christ course is for. And so we're providing these different opportunities for each and every one of us at whatever stage of your journey you are on. So that you can live out this value of pursuing his heart. And then there's Sunday mornings. It is so important that we gather together in a corporate setting with our brothers and sisters in Christ to praise God, to give him the glory that he deserves and to understand a little bit more about his heart and his purpose for us as a church and for us as individuals. Our lives are so busy and we spent time talking about this in July, but our lives are so busy, filled with family and friends and work and endless to-do lists and worries and challenges and all of this stuff that we fill up our lives with. And so we need to recognize that in order to cultivate a real relationship with God, we need to be creating some space. We need to hit the pause button on life every now and then to find that still quiet, desolate, wilderness space, whatever you want to call it, like Jesus did on a regular basis, to be in God's presence. That's how we build relationship with him. And that brings us on to my second R of the morning, which is rest. And I'm not going to spend a long time talking about this because we spent the whole of July talking about the importance of rest and how we can live in rest, how we can work from rest, uh, the practice of Sabbath and what that might look like uh, for us. Um, So if you missed out on any of that, then I encourage you, go back to July's podcasts, uh, listen to some of those messages because we really believe in in the virtue of rest. But let me just recap some of it for you for the purpose of this morning. In Matthew 11, Uh, Jesus said this, he said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in Psalm 62, it says, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. And so the kind of rest that we are talking about, the kind of rest that Jesus was inviting us into, was not putting our feet up at the end of a long day, 
wine in hand, Netflix on, chilling out. That is not the kind of rest. That is good rest. But that is not the kind of rest that we are talking about. We're talking about soul rest, about deep, true, valuable rest that can only be found in the presence of God. In James, we see this promise that as we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. And so what that means is that as we pursue time in his presence, as we spend time developing relationship with him, that he will take care of us. That he'll take care of us. And so it's a beautiful picture of the partnership that we can have with God when we choose to pursue him and when we choose to rest in him. Let me just remind you of the promise at the end of that verse in Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You know, a lot of our worries, a lot of our anxieties come from a place of worrying about the lack that we have, about worrying about what we need, what we don't have, what's going to come next in our lives. But this verse encourages us that if we put God first, if we search, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. All we need to worry about is pursuing him and he'll worry about the rest of the stuff. We don't need to worry about tomorrow because God is for us. He's with us. We don't need to worry or be anxious about anything because in Christ we have everything that we need. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things will be added to you. We can find rest when we look to God as our source, as our provider. When we prioritize our relationship with him, we can trust that he'll prioritize us. You know, that's what relationships look like, putting the other person first putting them above ourselves. And that's exactly what it's like with Jesus. That we, when we put him above ourselves, when we seek for first his kingdom above our own kingdom and our own plans and our own desires, when we put him first, he puts us first. And so all we need to do is worry about him and where our eyes are fixed and he'll worry about us and everything that we need. Because he knows far more than we do about exactly what it is that we need. You know, we might be spending time worrying and, and anxious about the fact that we haven't got X, Y, and Z. But God's saying, you don't even need that stuff. What you need is this. And so we just got to trust in the process and trust that God knows best. And also, I think that, tr that finding true rest... It flows out of knowing who we are in Christ. It flows out of a, 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 recogni a recognition and an understanding of our identity and our purpose. Because when we recognize what we've been put on this earth to do, we can find peace and we can rest knowing that we're walking in the plans and purposes that God has for us. Because his plans are perfect we can make plans, the Bible says, but God guides our steps. And so if we're pursuing a relationship with him, if we've found 
rest in him, then he'll reveal to us our identity and our purpose. And we can, we can begin to walk in that. And out of that comes rest because we're not worrying about what it is that we're doing and whether we're doing the right thing because we know that we're following God and we're walking in what he is calling us to do. But like I said, Ruth's going to dig into that next week as she looks at the value of uh, finding our God-given purpose. And so as a church, we want to encourage each other to continue on that journey to encourage each and every one of us to pursue the heart of God and to create an environment where we can find his rest. You know, in church, there's lots of roles to be doing. There's lots of ways in which we can serve to make church work because it's not a one-man job. It takes all of us to be doing our part in order to make church work. But we try as best as we can as a leadership to make sure that people aren't serving in so many areas that you have no time for your own relationship with God. We, we are, are aiming to get to a place or to be in a place where you are not doing church so much that you can't rest in God. Because the importance of rest far outweighs serving the house. We've got to find rest in God. We've got to be able to just be in his presence. And so we've got to focus on our relationship with God. And we've got to be chasing after him. We've got to be diving headlong into this value of pursuing his heart. We've got to come to a place where we recognize the importance of rest in our lives. And then finally... We've got to come to a place of revelation. We've got to come to a place of revelation. You know, we can come to church and we can read our Bibles and we can go to life groups and we can talk about the things of God and all of that is really good stuff. But you'll never know the heart of God through information. You'll only get the heart of God through revelation. It's good to know all about God. It's good, it's amazing to read his word. But if this is just a book filled with information, then we won't understand his heart. And so we pray for the Holy Spirit to be with us when we're reading his word, when we come to church, when we're in life groups, that it won't just be information, but it will be revelation. You know, I believe that if we intentionally pursue the heart of God, if we put our time and our energy and our resource into knowing him more, I believe that he will give us revelation. And not just one revelation, but many revelations of who he is. That we will continually find new revelations that take us to deeper levels of the character and the person of God. You know, in my life, I was brought up in a Christian home. I went to church every week, so I knew information. But then in my teens, I had a moment of revelation where I recognized that it wasn't enough just to know about God. I had to invite him into my life. And so that happened when I was a teenager. I had this revelation moment of the person of God, and I invited him in. 
And then moving on into my 20s, I had another revelation of the person and the character of God that showed me it wasn't just enough to know him, but actually I needed to be uh, demonstrating that through the way I lived my life. And so this revelation of God said, John, the way you're living right now is not in line with the person I'm calling you to be. And so something's got to change. And so I had a fresh revelation of God. And then even now as, as I'm studying his word and I'm spending time in his presence and seeking to understand his kingdom, he's giving me more and more revelations of who he is and of who he's calling me to be in him. And so we've got to spend time seeking his presence. We've got to spend time building relationship with him. We've got to spend time just resting in the knowledge that he is with us and that he is for us. And out of that will flow revelation. This Holy Spirit inspiration that lets us know a little bit more about God. That it just peels off another layer and we begin to just get that, that awe once again. That he says, yes, you know all of this stuff about me and, and you've been enjoying and worshipping and delighting in that knowledge. But let me just peel back another layer and let me show you just how good I am on a whole new level. And then we sit in that for a while and we worship him and we praise him for, for that revelation. And then he says, okay, I think you get that one. Let me peel back another layer and let me show you how amazing I am in this whole new way. And he just continues to do that time and time again when we pursue his heart, when we spend time in his presence, when we rest in the person and the character and the nature of Jesus. As we draw close to him, as we build relationship with our Heavenly Father, as we rest in Him, to truly rest in Him, to feel all the weight of those burdens and the anxieties and the pressures of this world transferred onto Him, it's then that He'll begin to reveal to us the mysteries of heaven. You know, in Jeremiah 33, it says, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will tell you the great and hidden things that you have not yet known. There are things about Jesus. There are things about the kingdom of God that are currently hidden from us. But if we call on him, it says, he will answer us and he will reveal more of those mysteries. In Matthew 13, 11, it says, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. So we have a right through a relationship with him to know the mysteries and the secrets of heaven. Some people don't have that right. People who do not know God don't have the right to the mysteries of heaven. But if you call Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, you have the right to, to the mysteries of heaven, to have these layers peel back, to have the, the kind of dark areas revealed to us more and more. And it will continue to happen. It's not just a one-time thing. It will continue to happen. And we will be exposed to more and more of the goodness of God. 
pursuing the heart of God, it requires us to seek relationship with Him. And it comes out of finding rest in Him. And with that comes a revelation of Him. And you know, as I was preparing this message, uh, I could have gone into a whole load more stuff. I could have talked about restoration as another R. Because God longs to bring restoration to each and every one of us. That where there is brokenness, where there is hurt, where there is pain, that he longs to bring restoration. But we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. Under the value of restoring the brokenhearted. You know, Jesus spent his life and his ministry pursuing the heart of God. That that is what he put as his top priority. Chasing after his father. He didn't come to do his will. He came to do the father's will. The Bible says that he didn't do anything unless he saw his father doing it. You know, on that occasion when his parents lost him, who loses the saviour of the world, they lost Jesus. And where did they find him? They found him in the synagogue. And he said, didn't you know I've got to be about my father's business? He was continually pursuing the heart of the father. Even though he declared that I and the father are one, they were one and the same person. And so he already knew the heart of God And yet he chose to example for us a routine of life that regularly, persistently, intentionally spent time in his father's presence. And so if Jesus, who is God, felt it important enough to pull himself away and to spend time in God's presence, so we should make that space and make that time for him. We need to be a people who pursue the heart of God with intentionality and with purpose, with passion that comes from something that recognizes that we need that original design, that Genesis design of being able to just walk in the garden with our creator. And we can still have that. You know, Jesus has gone to heaven to be with his father And he's not physically walking around on this earth, but he is with with us by the person of the Holy Spirit, who the Bible says that if you declare Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life, the Holy Spirit comes and makes his home in you. And so we can walk on this earth with Jesus. We can sit down and have a meal with Jesus. We can do life and have conversations with and spend time with the person of Jesus. And so we've talked about some of the tools that we as a church want to provide in order to help you build relationship with God, to find rest in him and to to cultivate a, a space where we can have revelation of who he is. But what I just want to emphasize before I close this morning is that the onus here is not on me. It's on you. 
It's on each and every one of us in order to cultivate this relationship with God because I can't build your relationship with God any more than you can build my relationship with him. This is a personal thing. This is an intimate thing between you and your creator. We'll do what we can. We'll provide space. We'll provide opportunity for you to be in his presence, for you to be surrounded by others for you to rest in God and to hopefully receive revelation from him. But this is on you. You've got to make a conscious decision. You've got to be intentional about pursuing the heart of God. And so it's for each and every one of us to discover the answer to that question. What is the heart of God? What is the heart of God? You know, we've talked about there being so many layers to his heart and he will continue to reveal more and more and more of those layers as we go on this journey. But I know that God's heart above everything else is for a relationship with you. That above everything else, what he longs for is for you to spend time in his presence. For you to sit under him, to sit at his feet and just bask in the person and the character and the the nature of Jesus. I know that God's heart is for you to understand your true identity and to walk in the purpose that he has for your life. I know that God's heart is for bringing hope to the community. I know that God's heart is to restore the brokenhearted. And I know through looking at the life of Jesus that we are called to be generous in every way. But we all need to go on a personal journey to understand and to get fresh revelation of the person of Jesus and his heart. And this cannot be a one-time thing. This cannot be a Sunday thing. We've got to take a running jump and cannonball into the presence of God.